welcome to a weekend watch list, a look at what's screening and streaming, brought to you by the Letterboxd Show. I'm Mia, he's Slim. Hi! And together we'll dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent treads on Letterboxd, and we'll also take a peek at our own watch lists. All under 30 minutes or your money back. Mia, we are traveling once again into the multiverse. Is it possible, I ask you, Mia, that Doctor Strange 2 could crack our top 250 narrative films just like everything, everywhere, all at once? You think it'll happen? No, said with respect. <laughs> with respect, no. 250, like, there's a lot of movies out there. I'm just saying. There's a lot of movies. It's going to have to topple a lot of movies. And if you've been listening and digging the show, just like we said last week, consider rating or leaving us a review to help folks discover the podcast and in turn, more movies. But we have a jam-packed show, Doctor Strange 2, happening, the twin some community reviews, and maybe your thoughts on whatever happened to Baby Jane later in the show. Oh, yeah. We are going to find out what the heck ever happened to Baby Jane. But first, we have to find out what is currently happening with Doctor Strange in his (laughs) multiverse of madness. What's going on in there? What is going on with Doctor Strange? So this is directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, and it's in theaters. It's on 93,000 watch lists. Yeah. For those that are unaware, Doctor Strange, with the help of his mystical allies, both old and new, traverse the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. So Sam Raimi is back in the director's chair. Mia, how do you feel? I love Sam Raimi, and I trust him. What's your favorite Sam Raimi movie, you think? <sighs> Drag Me to Hell. It is so much campy fun. I watched it on my first date before my first kiss. So there. Wow. Yeah. I owe a lot to Sam Raimi. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, if you're listening, we love you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please come on Weekend Watchlist. Yeah. So I also love Sam Raimi, and I think Sam Raimi kind of came in, maybe not the last minute to direct this movie. The previous director of the the first Doctor Strange bowed out graciously, and Sam has stepped in. So some of the reviews that I have seen have said there are some flashes of, you know, the Sam Raimi we all know and love, but it's a big Marvel machine movie. So I'm not sure how much of that will actually get in there. So I'll read a review from Ryan McQuaid of uh, Awards Watch. Ryan was able to see it and his review reads, this movie reaffirmed two things for me, that Doctor Strange is my favorite MCU character and Sam Raimi is the best director to ever make comic book movies. One of the best installments in the MCU so far and a fantastic way to kick off the summer. They let Sam cook and we're all the better for it. I like they let him cook. (laughs) They let him in the kitchen. (laughs) What's it going to take for you to fall in love with the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is there room in your heart for love with the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, We're going to have to decorporatize a lot of it for me to start falling for it. And then... (laughs) And then, and then it's possible. I think love will be able to bloom once it's uh, once once they stop um you know controlling the entire industry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day you'll be telling another date story that I went on the on the date of my current partner and we saw X Marvel movie and it was magic in that theater that night. Maybe that'll be the story you tell one day. I think that that might be the only way I'll meet a long term boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where they all are. They're in line to see the next Marvel movie. That's why you don't see them anywhere. (laughs) We have a very different movie at the opposite end of the spectrum this week that uh, is probably even more relevant than we would ever hope. 
Yes, Happening, uh, directed by Audrey Duan. It is going to be opening in theaters. It has a 3.8 average and it is on 22,000 watch lists. This film is based on Annie Arnaud's semi-autobiographical novel. Happening follows Annie, a bright young student who faces an unwanted pregnancy while abortion was still illegal in 1960s France. So very unfortunately topical. And you've seen this already, right? Yes, yes. I saw this film a couple weeks ago. Um... And it is one of my favorites of the year. I think it's incredibly important, urgent, relevant, only becoming more relevant. Um, and, you know, it is set in France in the early 1960s, but this stuff is literally happening today, um, yeah. hence the title. It's happening all over the world. It's going to continue to happen until abortion is legal, free, and destigmatized. And then aside from all the extremely relevant and important topics about abortion access, the film itself is just phenomenally made. Um, it's so effective at showcasing just that that horror and desperation and helplessness of an unwanted pregnancy. Um, I consider myself pretty well-versed in women's history. I don't know how obvious it is that I took women's studies classes in college. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was constantly learning new things from certain plot points of the film mm. and all while being riveted by the incredible acting and directing and intimate camera work. I just, I was really blown away by this film. I can't recommend it enough. It's very important. Go see Happening in theaters this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. And the current climate today really blows chunks. And once again, our political system is about to fail. The exact people it needs to be supporting and protecting. And we don't mean to be a downer on this pod. You know, we have fun, we podcast, but it's an important moment and it's an important movie. So I think we both agree that people should go check it out. Some reviews, our own Gemma, editor-in-chief of Letterboxd, holy rags indeed, Mariah E. Gates, unflinching look at the lengths a woman had to go to get an abortion in 1963, France. So, you know, it's kind of hard to sell like, oh, you're going to be sad for an hour mm -hmm. and 40 minutes or whatever. But that's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. I promise, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's thrilling. I've already said riveting, but it is completely riveting. Like, I Say don't want again. you to be. Say it a third time. Say it I'll say it again. Time. It is riveting. It is riveting. Uh, <laughs> truly, like I, I cannot stress it enough. It's an it's an incredible film. Next on our release this week, the twin from Tanelli Mustanin. This is a Shutter horror release. So Shutter Army, rise up right now. It's on four hundred and sixty four watch list. Synopsis: Every parent's worst nightmare is just the beginning for Rachel's ordeal. As the aftermath of a tragic accident, she and her husband Anthony decide to move to the other side of the world to focus on raising their surviving son the twin, Elliot. I'm not going to read any more of that because it already sounds horrifying. Anytime twins are involved in a Shutter horror movie, you know it's about to go down, Mia. Scary twins. <laughs> Scary twins. <laughs> so this is this is in theaters, video on demand, and for Shutter fans. I'm a big Shutter fan. I like to relax on the weekend with my dear wife, fire up a random Shutter movie, heat up some popcorn, maybe get some Wawa. Uh, and just enjoy ourselves. Maybe get a chicken parmy. Is Wawa, sorry, is Wawa, what is that? <laughs> Your confused look says it all. It's like I just made up a word on the show. It's like a fancier 7-Eleven. It's like an East Coast, oh. Philadelphia, New Jersey spot where they have like, you can order food. They have like touch screens. You can get Sammy's made, but you can also get gas. It's like Sheets. Have you ever heard of Sheets? <sighs> no, no, man. <laughs> 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 so they, they have hoagies they have sandwiches and what I love to get 
like treat myself a little bit. I got a chicken parmesan on a roll, maybe a little garlic aioli and some bacon in there. <gasps> that sounds awesome. Right? That's Wait, what I'm that saying. actually sounds very good. Okay. You haven't lived until you've gotten a chicken parm with garlic aioli inside and bacon. Mia. Okay, I'm adding this to my weekend watch list. <laughs> <laughs> Your weekend food list. <laughs> food list. <laughs> yeah, we're a foodie pod now. <laughs> so Shudder has a ton of great horror movies. What do you think are some recent horror movies that you've seen in the last couple, maybe the last year or so? Hatching is also great. A uh, girl with giant egg. What more do you need? <laughs> what more do you need? Giant egg. And then I also, I want to give a shout out to Malignant. Um, oh. From last year, I keep thinking that Sam Raimi had his little fingerprints on it, but that's not true. It's it's James Wan, mm-hmm. um, through and through, um, influenced by by our by our friend Sam. But Malignant is so much fun. Gabriel is the villain of the year. <laughs> wow, strong words. You seen Malignant? I have seen Malignant. I think I might have given it a, a star and a half. I feel that it's dorky and I, but I had a lot of fun in the theater. Did you see it in a theater? No, I, I watched it at home, but there, this is probably the most divisive movie. So I know friends that have really hated it, but I also know friends that love it, like absolutely loved Malignant. So it's definitely have, both sides of the coin. I have noticed that my friends who watched it on HBO Max at home didn't really like it. Oh. But then when I saw it in theaters, I saw it with like a group. We had so much fun. My friends who saw it in theaters, Enjoy the theater the experience. More. So okay. maybe it was more of a theater experience. I was probably busy getting garlic aioli on my shirt watching watching Malignant Wawa. at home. <laughs> Wawa, if you're open to sponsoring, so are we, my friend. I just want to say I was confused because Wawa is what I call water when I'm feeding it to my cat. So <laughs> I go, Brad, do you want some Wawa? <laughs> like every day of and my the cat's life. cat's probably thinking of Wawa the food place. They're like, yeah, yeah I would love like, some yeah, Wawa right now. I love right a now. chicken parm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look back at last week's releases. You just referenced Hatching. I do want to call out uh, that the rating for Hatching on Letterboxd has gone up since our episode last week. So it's at 3.4 average. So bravo, everybody. Uh, Vortex sitting at a 3.8 average. And Memory, starring our dear friend Liam Neeson, fortunately sitting at a 2.4 on Letterboxd. But, you know, that could be the sweet spot. You never know. Yeah, that's close to what uh, All the Old Knives was. We don't need to get into All the Old Knives (laughs) again, Mia. We don't need to start that up. (laughs) You saw a secret screening. Can we talk, just briefly talk about this big, big shot screening you went to? We won't reveal thoughts about maybe the movie itself, but. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to be secretive, but I did get to go see Alex Garland's Men. Highly anticipated. Um, I loved Ex Machina and Annihilation. I saw Annihilation three times in theaters. Um, one of my favorites. Yes. Hell yes. And I'm I'm not going to say much about men, except that uh, I'll just reference my review of it, which was that Alex Garland is in his mother era. Mother! Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. Um, mm-hmm. Darren Aronofsky. Make of that what you will. Wow. That, that actually does make me really excited to see it. So I think I might actually be seeing it next week, believe it or not. You know, some Philadelphia contacts reaching out, my Wawa contacts <laughs> reaching out. So I'm very excited to see it as well. I'm a huge Alex Garland fan. Annihilation is in my top four right now. I just moved that in there after a recent rewatch. Good. The last 20 Good. minutes of that movie, Mia, are you kidding me? Yes, I transcended. 
I transcended in the theater. That's why I kept going back was for those last 20 minutes and for the bear scene. Mm-hmm. I do. I mentioned this on a podcast that I do with my friend 70 Milliliter, but I recently watched Annihilation at Home. So do you have a Roku? You ever hear one of those Rokus? Yes. So the, you get one of those like Roku Pro remotes and it has a, a headphone jack and you can plug in a nice pair of headphones and listen. So I listened to Annihilation with a what? nice pair of headphones and my mind was blown in that movie. That's actually huge to know. I would love to listen to it with headphones. I listen mm-hmm. to the score all the time when writing <sighs> or just doing work. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wee wow. So back to hatching, uh, tediously brief. Uh, Michelle recently hosted a Q&A with Hannah Bergholm and their review for Hatching. This movie is my Joker. I know I say this, but Hatching really, truly is my Joker. Every single watch uncovers another layer of masterful, intricate planning and thematic layering. So there's another positive review for Hatching. Hatching! New Downton Abbey just dropped. Uh All of our Downton heads. Uh, (laughs) Gemma reviewed it. Not sure what is more intense. John Lund's score or Hugh Bonneville's permatan. Dominic West's camp canon gains another entry, as do all the lists of movies about movie making. Ellie wrote a Rothaniel review, which we talked a little bit about last week. This has changed the game yet again. I'd put this special up there with the likes of Mike Burbigley as the big one, both Hannah Gadsby's specials and obviously Bo Burnham. Revolutionary and Philip also watched. Funny, vulnerable, beautifully shot and edited, deeply human. I said uh, recently that was like my first Bo anything and I was pretty impressed. I'm on the outside. I'm on the Bo bubble. And I'm happy to stay there for now. Yeah, I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum and I was uh, drawing Bo Burnham fan art in high school. So (laughs) I do have a notebook filled with that and it's I'm very afraid of it falling into the wrong hands. Last review we want to spotlight, Diddy Rose's Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent review. Cage and Pascal are utterly charming, but to me more over Laura Dern, missed opportunity in an otherwise fun meta movie. Hmm. So for those who have seen the movie, know you know what uh, Diddy is talking about. But um, I I want to talk about Laura Dern for a second. Can we talk about uh, Laura Dern? Is that allowed here? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank God, this is a safe space. Um, I just saw the Inland Empire 4K restoration starring Miss Laura Dern. Yes, yes. Um, it is expanding across the U.S. Um, do not miss this film. I had never seen Inland Empire before because I was admittedly intimidated by the three-hour runtime. Mm. Um, but, you know, seeing it in a theater, it, it makes you sit there. It makes yeah. you sit there for the whole thing. And I'm so glad I did. Um, I am still so afraid of Laura Dern uh, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's terrifying. Speaking of horrors, it's how we've seen recently. All right, what's your elevator pitch besides Laura Dern being in it? A woman in trouble. <laughs> That's the tagline. And also, David Lynch also had trouble coming up with like a pitch for it um, Mm. because, you know, it was it's not structured, really. It's very experimental. And he he and Laura were kind of just experimenting and and, um, coming up with stuff. So it is hard to pitch it. But um, Laura Dern plays an actress who's in a remake of a cursed Polish film whose leads were murdered. God. And she finds herself unable to distinguish between her character and reality and just kind of falls down this Hollywood rabbit hole of delusion. And I I really enjoyed it. 
I don't know. I don't really know how else to describe it. That's pretty good. I know it's very difficult to sometimes describe David Lynch doing anything. So I think that was a pretty bang up job. And it's four stars from you on Letterboxd right now. Yeah, four stars. It's great. Okay. Add it to my list. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Jack is back from vacation. We referenced, I think, last week uh, that Jack was taking a well-deserved vacation. So he's been able to update the Letterboxd Top 50 of 2022, which we'll have linked in our episode notes. And some sad news, Everything Everywhere All at Once is now conceded to the Beatles' rooftop concert on our Top 50, just as Jack predicted. Uh, But it remains the third best film of all time. So it even, you know, it was at the top of the list for Dave's Top 250 of all time list after nearly 200,000 views. So still hanging tough up there with the likes of, you know, some all-time amazing films. What's number two? Is it Parasite? Come and See is number two. Everything Everywhere is three. And Parasite back to number one. Next call out from Jack this week is Carla Simone's Alcaraz all the way to the top 10 at number nine. It won the coveted Golden Bear at this year's Berlin Film Festival and was just released in its home country of Spain last week on April 29th. And Mubi, our dear friends at Mubi, have acquired it for U.S. and U.K. distribution. So stay tuned for an official release date from that film. And we'll have a link to Jack's list in the episode notes if you want to add some of these movies to your watch list. Back to our dear friends, Downton Abbey. Um, Downton Abbey, A New Era has crashed the list at number 37. It was released in several countries last week and is due in the U.S. on May 20th. It's rated higher than the first Downton Abbey movie right now. I refuse to become a Downton Abbey podcast. I'm just putting my foot down right now. We will not become a Downton Abbey podcast, Gemma. It's not happening. Yeah, we we can't do it. We're too busy becoming a foodie podcast (laughs) now. (laughs) Philadelphia specific. (laughs) Yes. Don't forget too, if you watch uh, some of these movies, you can tag your reviews, weekend watch list. And if you shuffle your watch list alongside of us, be sure to tag your reviews so we can spotlight them on the show. So last time when you were on the show, we shuffled. You got Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Classic movie. How did it go? Well, let me tell you whatever happened to Baby Jane. Because now I'm an expert and I know. Two aging film actresses live as virtual recluses in an old Hollywood mansion. Jane Hudson, a successful child star, cares for her crippled sister, Blanche, whose career in later years eclipsed that of Jane. Now the two live together, their relationship affected by simmering subconscious thoughts of mutual envy, hate, and revenge. Oh my God. And the sisters are played by Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, who famously had a feud. Oh. Ryan Murphy. Excuse me. What a cast. 1962. So this is streaming on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has been on my watch list for ages. Maybe I'll shuffle and get it. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that I am going to start emulating these sisters in my day-to-day life. I believe they are excellent role models and they did nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What a Robert Aldrich, who also directed The Dirty Dozen. So, The Longest yes, Yard. Yes. Oh, my God. My ghost a, husband was nominated for an Academy Award for The Dirty Dozen, John Cassavetes. <laughs> so, we've already had six <laughs> degrees of Mia Vicino on this podcast with John Cassavetes. Yes. Also, I don't think we should, maybe we should reference too, you did your episode of The Letterbox Show, and we talked about um, Mikey and Nikki, right? Yes. And I, after editing that episode, I found out that the cemetery that was filmed at is literally in my backyard. I can like look out the window and see the cemetery they filmed that movie. 
go do it right now. I'm going to end the show. I'll I'll be right back. Yeah, go end the show and go do it and then come back and report to me. (laughs) No, but that's actually very cool. That is history. Peter Falk and John Cassavetes trod upon that very soil. That's right. I can smell them when I walk by that cemetery. I can smell their essence. So when I shuffled when we were last together, I got Love Song. That was the movie that I got and I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, a lot. So, Love Song 2016, So Young Kim, neglected by her husband, Sarah embarks on an impromptu road trip with her young daughter and her best friend, Mindy. Along the way, the dynamic between the two friends intensifies before circumstances force them apart. Uh, I love the long shots of the leads just kind of sitting back and thinking about the decisions in their life and maybe like missed opportunities, um, maybe acting on those opportunities. And this is streaming on Netflix, so I, I loved it. I gave it four stars. Had a great time watching it. I I also have seen this film and I also loved it. The Ferris wheel scene made me cry. Mm. Um, it is it is a gorgeous film. I also um, related to the little baby in it because she's half Korean and half white, just like me. <laughs> I was like, finally, there's one out there. <laughs> <laughs> also the dance club scene with the two leads. Holy smokes, what a moment. And it's- uh, it's Riley and Jen- Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, who people might recognize from many movies. Famous many actress. movies. Yeah, excellent cast. People are shuffling their watch lists alongside of us. So I do want to call out next week, I have to watch The Sacrifice. That was the movie I shuffled with Mitchell. Ben watched it. If you ever feel the need for an existential crisis, pop on a Tarkovsky flick and you'll be set. Just surrender yourself to the monologues and long takes. It'll pay off if you give it a chance. So that is a long movie. So I'm, I'm halfway through. I can announce that I'm halfway through The Sacrifice subtitled movie i just shuffled (gasps) it happened what did you get i'm delighted once again (laughs) (laughs) on the town 1949 directed by stanley donan and gene kelly oh my god gene kelly making his first appearance to weekend watch list i think and we're all grateful for it i love that guy i love him love him love him love him gene 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 this movie is about three singing and dancing sailors. And there are Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and um, another one. His name is Jules Munchen. So good good pick from your watch list. All I'm right. super excited. Yay, they're going to sing, they're going to dance, they're going to sail. What? Let me go to mine. I'll, I'll filter by streaming and I'll sort by shuffle. Full disclosure, I once again have called my watch list just to try to, you know, give me, give me, Give me something I remember putting on my watch list. All right. Okay. I'm back. 1989's Nightmare Beach. And it's the picture of a motorcycle clad guy killing a woman. (laughs) Killing a woman. (laughs) So Florida biker Edward Santer, known as Diablo, is electrocuted for murder. He goes to the chair protesting his innocence, claiming he was set up by the local police chief and vowing vengeance from beyond the grave. Okay, this is streaming on Canopy. This is another movie I don't remember adding to my watch list, but some friends of mine have it at four stars. Nightmare Beach, that sounds like old. 1989, yeah, it is pretty old. I mean the film old. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What's your rating for M. Night Shyamalan's old? It can't be high. I couldn't rate it. I did not rate it. I couldn't do it. I oh had my no God. idea. No idea what to rate it. Because it was, I had so much fun, 
but I'm also like, this is not a real movie. It is not real. It was. It, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterbox Show. You can follow Mia Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterboxd using the links in our episode notes. And you can also look out for a brand new Weekend Watchlist list updated weekly in the episode notes. Thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterboxd member Trent Walton for the theme music, Izon. And thanks to Jack for the facts and to Sophie Shin for the episode transcript. And to you for listening. Weekend Watchlist is a Tape Deck production. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast.